0: Welcome to the Shift with Intention podcast. I'm Jamie Zagrafis, your host, and our guest today is Deepak Suthar. And Deepak is an angel investor, speaker, advisor, and entrepreneur in the sales, technology, and business optimization space and a number one international bestselling author. He invests in early stage founders, startup companies, and loves to help them convert their passions into revenue. And he is also an experienced founder and CEO and technology leader with a passion for building businesses, teams, and organizations that grow. He has extensive hands-on management background in multiple disciplines, such as engineering, product development, process mapping,
1: operations, and infrastructure.
0: Let's give a warm welcome to Deepak. Hey, Dee, how are you?
1: Man, that was a mouthful. I think we really (laughs) need to trim that down a little bit.
0: (laughs) i was like wow <laughs> that is long but you know
1: i'm doing great thank you thank you for having me here i'm honored uh to be here with you long time friend uh and you know just so happy to be here
0: yeah i uh i agree i'm i'm thrilled and i found pictures on facebook from one of the tony robbins events that i think we probably oh It was the, it was the, hey, D am going to get called on stage thing. I was showing somebody and I was like, yeah, but that's where it all started. And um, it's been beautiful getting to know you. It's been, I don't know, what was that? 17, 18, so four or five years. And uh, so tell our listeners, if you don't mind, a little bit about Deepak and who they'll be learning from today.
1: So a brief overview of of who I am, Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. In my core, I'm a teacher. Like if if I had my, you know, if I was filthy, filthy rich, the only thing I would do all day, every day would be to teach. And I would start with teaching kids because there's Mm -hmm. so much that I've learned over the past four or five years, you know, ever since we met and had our personal development journey that I just feel this shouldn't just be For people uh, of wealth, Mm -hmm. this information that that you and I have had the privilege to learn should be available at the public education level. Like I'm talking, Mm -hmm. you know, middle school, when kids are really developing, if they have these emotional Mm -hmm. tools, that's, you know, if that's what tells you who I am, like, that's what I am at my core. I want to teach and I want to change the world one person at a time.
0: That's beautiful. I uh, I totally see that in you. I I think I I love that about you. Um, it kind of beams off of you. You are in shift with intention and soar. Our book. I remember when I thought about you and I was like, hey, do you want to be in the book? And I was all excited, and we had a, I don't know probably ninety minute conversation about it. But what was the besides the teacher part? Because I'm sure that's already your answer. Why did you decide to be in shift?
1: <laughs> uh- I just loved the, the idea of it, right? Cause it was for me, it really wasn't the word shift. It was the word intention that drew me towards uh, being an author with you. Uh, that's mm-hmm. when I hear this word of an intention. And if you read, if you read my chapter, you'll know why. I, I think a lot of what I'm doing today and I have been doing over the past couple of years is, really teaching people how to be intentional and it's not just about thinking it's not just about manifesting there needs to be action and execution that needs to take place for you to get the things that you want so that's really what drew me towards this was just you know an opportunity for me to expand on you know what, what I call hopium and that that was the title of my chapter
0: mhm So I remember, right. So when we were chatting, you said something, gosh, Jamie, that's like my word of the year, however you phrased it. And I thought that was neat. Um, How about you tell us a time in your life that you shifted pick one, because I'm sure there's many and tell us that old version of you and what that looked like to really create a picture for our listeners uh, to understand what that was before the shift.
1: Yeah, you're right. There, there's probably like 50 shifts that have happened <laughs> over over the past five years, but yeah. I think I think one of the the biggest shifts was, uh, and and and, and I'll go back over this, but it's what you have control over, okay. And I, I've learned kind of what I have control over, so I'll just I'll I'll premise what you know what I'm about to tell you with that. Yeah. So rewind kind of 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, actually even even earlier, I've always had this thought of, hey, I wanna do what's right, not what everybody's telling me to do. And Mm -hmm. that's the rebel in me. Like I uh, I have a kind of a problem with authority. I don't know, you may have seen that (laughs) before or not. No, uh, not at
2: all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like it. it started, you know, at in at the college level, right? So I was going to school. I was going to be, you know, I was in computer science. I was kind of following my older brother. He did computer science, and he's he's a genius. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna follow in his footsteps. So I go to UT Hookham, and uh, (laughs) after about two years, I am partying a little too much, and Uh I'm not really learning a whole lot that I, I feel like is supportive. So mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, well, my parents aren't giving me money to go have fun. So I need to go and generate some income. So then I got my first part-time gig and it was at mm-hmm. this beautiful company uh, called supportkids.com. And it was an early, dot-com, And I didn't know it at the time, but this was probably one of the most fulfilling jobs i've ever had in my life because i was transforming lives and i didn't even know it so real quick on that that company the purpose of that company was to help the attorney attorney general's office to help collect child support payments for moms that haven't been paid in like 25 years wow so like at the ag's office they had stacks and stacks and stacks of papers of just unfiled documents okay so one of the attorneys that used to work there created this company and then I got to work for this company and mm-hmm. we would get letters from moms like and people would stop by and they would literally be crying saying i haven't gotten a dime in 25 years and now i'm actually getting funds to help my kids
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm 20 awesome. i'm 20 nothing years old and i right. like, yeah. at, at at that point in time i'm like yeah that's kind of cool That's that's kind of cool. I'm making some money. I get to go hang out and go do some fun stuff. But then like I look back at it today and I'm like, you know, the reason why I was so happy at that job, it wasn't the money is I was transforming lives and I didn't even know it. So then that's that started my journey in the technical world. Okay. And I started developing relationships. I developed relationships with venture capitalist firms. Because in mm-hmm. that dot-com area that's you know that was part of the world you needed to be connected. And uh, then I quit school. I okay. was like, hey, the stuff I'm learning here like I, I learn on my own very mm-hmm. well like I grab a book, I can read, I can pick stuff up and I was learning stuff that they weren't even teaching in school because it was brand mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. And then I got all the flack from all the family like what are you doing you're gonna you're ruining your life and (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's uh that's kind of how it all began you know Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the first thing where the first decision that i made where i was in complete control of my life and i wasn't following the cultural norms That was one of the biggest shifts. It's like, I'm not going to follow everybody else because everyone else went down this path. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go down the path that I'm in control of. Right. And just knowing that you have control over your life, where you are right now, you have complete control over it. You are making conscious decisions to either stay Mm -hmm. on your current path Or to understand that, hey, this is the path that everyone else takes, and I'm going to go this way. So just know that you have the ability to make a different decision, and maybe that decision will transform your life in a good way. And maybe it won't. Maybe you'll stay happy kind of right where you are. But the key Mm -hmm. is, is that you get to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Totally makes sense. And I think... What's so profound is that it was twenty something years ago, and yeah. while you didn't recognize it then, it's still exactly who you are.
1: It is, yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, how many times do you think you made that decision? <laughs>
1: oh, man,
0: because I bet, I bet you went. I don't know. I'm just guessing that sometimes you tried to go. Yeah, I'll do it their way. Did that ever happen?
1: Yeah, you know, so. I think that was probably one of the biggest shifts in my life was to decide Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to school. I don't need this piece of paper for me to be successful. I think that was one. And then I think the next massive shift was five years ago. I think, you know, my twenties and thirties, just, it just, it just went by like that. And then uh, I went to an event Mm-hmm. And I learned that I have been in the technology startup world for 25 plus years, 14 different startup companies from ones that completely failed to ones that IPO'd and did really, really well. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot. And then in my last technical executive job, I was making more money than I'd ever made before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I. I had a beautiful family, a beautiful wife, two amazing kids, mm-hmm. I have an awesome house. I had all the things, I had all right. the stuff. Yeah. But for some strange freaking reason, I just wasn't happy. Yeah. Right. And it just sounds like such a stupid freaking thing because everybody from the outside is like, "Holy shit, I would kill to be in your shoes," and I'm like, "I hate these freaking shoes."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And whoa, I didn't whoa, whoa. know why. Yeah. Then I went to an event, and then I understood. I, I learned the six human needs, and there yeah. were two things that I was missing. It was contribution and growth. Yeah. Like I, I had grown so fast in my career that I was kind mm-hmm. of at at a plateau. So I really wasn't growing anymore. And at this company, I really wasn't contributing to anything other than me and my family. Right. And then it was at that time where I had that memory of, well, when was I happy at a job?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
1: then rewind back 20 plus years. It was when I was at supportkids.com. I was this punk kid doing IT help desk at this company, but I was helping transform lives.
0: So every time you talk about that, I get the chills. So gosh, D. Um, so then what?
1: So you're unhappy. So then I'm unhappy, right? Uh, I I should, by all accounts, I should I should be happy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what do, what do I need to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. So the first thing was is. If I'm going to do something profound, I I knew I needed to change something Mm -hmm. because if I continue doing the same exact thing, I'm going to continue to get the same exact outcome. And that was that was kind of another realization. Like if if I was going to do the same thing over and over and over for the next five years, why would I expect a different outcome?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You don't. right? Right. So you have to change something in order to change the outcome. So the first thing I changed was, okay, I know that if I'm going to leave this corporate world and do something on my own and take control, and maybe this might be kind of the theme of the day, it's kind of taking control of your life. Like if I'm gonna take control of who I am, what my career is, what my contribution to society is going to be, the first thing I'm going to need is energy.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because nothing works if you don't have energy and I am, I am no stranger to working 70, 80 hour weeks in the startup world. Like that was, right. that was the norm. Uh-huh. But once you shift from your 25 years old to your 40 years old, yeah. energy gets a little, lo- it's a little harder to come by. <laughs> right. So the first thing that I did, um, my wife was with me at this event. We mm-hmm. gave up fast food and Man, Jamie, I was eating Taco Bell like four times a week. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. It was delicious. It was so good. Uh, oh. But it was like killing my gut. Like I, I would eat this giant steak burrito and then I would just, I would just pass out. Right. Oh so that's the first God. thing I did was I, I cut out fast food. Yep. Yeah. And that was awesome. And I learned new language that uh, my wife and I could communicate on a different level. So my relationship also went up at the same time. I don't think it's an odd coincidence that when you have more energy, your relationships get better. Hmm. Right. Kind of a thing. So, But hold
0: on. I have a question. Yeah. What did the kids kids say about No More Taco Bell or anything?
1: So the kids were like they're like what no more yeah. cinnamon twists no more <laughs> mcdonald's and i'm like yeah. guys this this stuff is is just killing you yeah and that kind of started me you know i've always been kind of uh you know an athlete you know if for better words and I've always been kind of trying to get it, stay in shape. And I, and I will tell you in my thirties this face got a little round and I had to yeah. do something about that. Uh, but the kids were, they were kind of okay with it. Now the kids mm-hmm. now, and you know, I don't want to shift too far forward, but the kids see what I'm eating now. And they're just like, dad, you're insane. Hmm. Yeah. But They're starting to see how what choices I'm making today are based on science, research, lab work, things like that. And I feel good. I rarely get sick and I'm in the best shape of my life. And you have energy and I've got energy. (laughs) I mean, you know, 47 years old, like, let's go. Like, I'm, I'm ready to rock. Right. (laughs) So I think the next, uh, you know, after we, after we decided to stop eating fast food, the next big change I didn't know I needed to make Mm
2: -hmm.
1: was uh, I needed to stop drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. I have a wildly addictive personality, (laughs) like wildly addictive. (laughs) And, but I was always in control at some point in time, but like one drink would turn into five and five would turn into seven. And then the next day happened and (laughs) that just, it really, it really didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I went, you know, again, I went to another event Mm -hmm. and uh, I went there with a buddy of mine this time and something happened at that event that completely changed the way i look at everything so we're going through this process called the dickens process
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh again i'm at this event and i'm still chasing even more energy because i'm like i want more 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 energy Mm -hmm. and they're like okay well what happens if you don't do this and the one thing that happened, I don't know, maybe it was four or five weeks before that event, mm-hmm. uh, my son came to me. I don't think he even remembers this, yeah. but he came to me and it was like a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. And he was like, Hey, dad, dad, you want to, you want to go out and play a little bit? And I'm like, ah, just can, can you just give me like an hour, give me like an hour mm-hmm. and a half, two hours.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought of that. And it's not the first time it happened, right? It wasn't the second time it happened.-
2: mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, "What a shitty dad I'm being because I want to go and I want to drink, and then i I go to sleep and then I sleep the whole morning away, mm-hmm. and when I wake up, I'm still dragging an anchor, right. And so you go through this Dickens process of, okay, what happens if you continue to do this? What if you magnify it and you 10 X that pain? Like, what does that, what does that feel like? What happens? And then I could just feel my relationship just getting destroyed from Mm -hmm. my kids. Yeah. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing on the planet. Like, why am I doing this?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And guess what? It was a cultural norm. Yeah. Everywhere I go. And I'm sure this is I, I'm, not, I'm not unique in this in this right. perspective. where you go to somebody's house. What's the very first thing they ask you? What do you want to drink? Yeah. You go to a restaurant. What's the first thing they ask you? Yeah. It's just over and over and over. And I just fell in this trap. So now, you know, kind of like what I did with with college is kind of what I did with with this, which is why am I doing this? Like, is this, the question that, you know, we were taught to ask ourselves was, Mm -hmm. does this serve me? Right. And in this particular case, I couldn't think of one good reason for me that it served me. Yeah. So then five years ago I decided to stop and I, I only decided to stop for one year. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a complete shift for me. Yeah, right. Because, and I don't know if, you know, people like this, but their identity is kind of wrapped up in the drinking version of having fun. And like, you can't have fun without alcohol and all of these things. Well, that was 1000% me. Yeah. I was, I was labeled as such by mm-hmm. family members. Oh, Deepak's only fun when he drinks. Mm-hmm. And I heard that kind of one too many times, and like that was always kind of eating me up inside. I was like, "Man, I have to, I have to drink something for me to be who I am." Mm-hmm. And then that was it. I decided, and it was actually last week. Last week is a five-year anniversary of deciding to stop. And if you want to test your you metal. Stopped. You want to test your metal on like if anyone out there has ever considered to stop drinking? Yeah. Try to do it right before Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, yeah. my brother's birthday, my cousin's wedding. Wow. It was it was incredibly difficult, and and I'll tell you what, Jamie, this is a uh, I don't judge anyone who, who continues to drink. My wife still drinks and I'm like, you Mm want to do it? Go for it. That's you be you. It's odd that uh, I've actually lost a couple of friends because I stopped.
0: Mm -hmm. Isn't that Mm -hmm. weird? It is weird, but I feel like, I feel like I can see that in my own personal life. Not, I mean, I still do drink once in a while. I mean, probably more than once in a while, but I think I've gone through spurts where I don't. And
1: I mean, it looks different. Yeah. You know, hmm. it's a, uh, I, I don't ever bring it up. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I don't ever walk into a party or a reception. It'd be like, I'm the guy I'm not drinking. <laughs> <Right here. laughs> yeah, like, I'm not walking in announcing this or anything. Right. right. Um but you know all in all it was it was a difficult it was a really difficult thing to do because uh not from deciding the stop like deciding the stop i think that was that was easy
2: mm-hmm. but
1: it was it was the cultural part it was the friends that you know people look at you differently
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i think people feel bad about themselves when they know that they should mm-hmm. probably make a shift because mm-hmm. For whatever reason and kind of back to where we were i need to take control of what i can control and that's me Mm -hmm. i can't control anybody else Mm -hmm. i'm i'm here to help anybody else if anybody needs anything i'm here and you know for better or for worse i love to teach
0: Yeah. Has anyone reached out to you in that regard for help?
1: Oh, man. You know, I still get notes. Really? About people seeing me. Because the other thing I did at that event, I Mm -hmm. stood up at this event and I told 5,000 people that I'm going to, I'm deciding to stop drinking. Yeah. And from that one event Mm -hmm. where I, I had the mic and I told all 5,000 people that were attending,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I still get notes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And every year when I post my anniversary on Facebook,
2: mm-hmm.
1: inevitably somebody comes and be like, you know, I've been thinking about doing this for a really long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How'd you do it? Because it's just such a part of my life. Right. right. How did you separate it?
0: So I bet that brings you a lot of joy.
1: It does. It's, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why we started, you know, the wellness business, the the OsteoStrong mm-hmm. business, is because we want to change people's lives. And mm-hmm. I know that if you have any type of addictive personality like I do, mm-hmm. you probably should stop drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who can have a few here and there and have no problems, mm-hmm. and that's great, good for mm-hmm. you, right. I love it. uh, you know what? I never have to worry about the cops
2: <laughs> anymore <No.
1: laughs> when <No. I'm> driving. <laughs> it's, these these unexpected perks
0: <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, you probably save a few bucks,
1: yeah, that is yeah. for sure yeah that is for sure wow but I yeah i love that i think i didn't know the
0: story about your kids that's neat
1: that's a that's probably one of the the biggest shifts i've ever made kind of uh, against the grain if you will right
0: hmm makes sense yeah hmm. i love it so what else is it that you would like our listeners to know about you that if they all all remember our intro, <laughs> the really long intro that you yeah. are? <laughs> yeah. Um, you come with so many nuggets of information. What could someone who doesn't know you that just learned this about you, that you're somebody that can c- take control, either something, you know, a pile of things that they could reach out to you for that, that would help them. Don't list them all because then we won't hang up, but uh, yeah.
1: I think, uh, you know, I don't want uh, so I'm speaking to you, the, the listener at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't rely on anyone else other than you. The very first thing that you need to do is you need to make a decision for yourself and jamie and i know this this whole thing of it's never a problem with resources it's it's a problem with creativity like how creative can you get to get anything that you want and you know if you think of this whole seven degrees of separation you're you are directly connected to everyone on this planet within seven degrees Mm
2: -hmm.
1: now it's your job to start connecting the dots. but the very first thing I would do is don't reach out to me. The very mm-hmm. first thing that, that you should do, you should figure out exactly what you want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What is it? And be like extremely clear
2: mm-hmm. on
1: what that is, whether it's a number, whether it's a milestone, whatever it is, make it so so measurable that it's just, you could tell it to a fourth grader and they would get it instantaneously and they would know. And the fourth grader would know on whether or not you got it. Like this is, this is kind of that litmus test of everybody Mm -hmm. sets goals. One of the biggest challenges I see with folks that I coach is their goals are like clouds. You, there's, you can't grasp them. There's no shape to them. You can't measure it. But if you set a goal or a milestone that says, hey, I want to make uh, $1.2 million this year
2: mm-hmm.
1: within the next eight months, if you set that crystal clear goal, then it is 1,000 times easier to start making steps Towards that goal because you have a well-defined finish line. Mm -hmm. So that's the very first thing that you need to do is just sit, Mm -hmm. grab a piece of paper, grab your phone and just put something like exactly what it is that you want. And don't Mm -hmm. write stupid shit like I want to be happy. Don't do that. Like, write what it is. And you could go one step further and say, hey, you know, I want to make $1.2 million this year because that will allow me to do X, Y, and Z.
0: Right. And not be happy. Don't put be happy again.
1: Yeah. And don't write be happy. (laughs) Because being happy is, is momentary. Right. Yeah. You want to be happy? Jump up and down, chuck like chicken.
2: <laughs> Make <laughs> your move. <laughs> yeah,
1: there you go. There you there. You're happy. You're done. Go away.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. But that's that's kind of where I would tell people to start. And then I, like I think that. after that, you need to find like whatever whatever crystal clear goal that you have. The what and then the why is the because.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you have those things defined. Your next job is to find somebody who has already done that. Yep. Specifically, they have done that. And then go and talk with them and understand how they did it. Ask them yep. if they would be willing to share how they did it. And you and I have been around so many people that have done so much, so many bigger things than us that make so much Mm -hmm. more money than us. Mm -hmm. And one of the thoughts that that I had, I don't know if you had this, um, 10 years ago was that rich people were assholes. Mm -hmm. And guess what? There are some, but the majority of the people that you and I have met over the past mm-hmm. five years. Like I'm talking 98% right, are beautiful human beings that will mm-hmm. reach out a hand and help you up. You yeah. just have to have the courage to ask for help.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been explaining lately that receiving is not everybody's uh, biggest gift. It, I think it's, it's, a hard thing for some people to learn. It was super hard for me to learn, but I'm really good at it now. <laughs> but it's, it's hard for a lot of people to ask for help.
1: Yeah. It, it really, is, really, it really yeah. is. you know why? Huge,
2: hmm?
1: Because it takes an enormous amount of courage because when yeah. you ask for help, it's like, it's, it's harder for people to ask for help than for people to ask people out on a date.
0: Right. Well, you can do that on an app.
1: Yeah, exactly. There is no swipe right for help. Ask
0: for help on an app. <laughs>
1: Maybe there is somewhere.
0: We should put, you know what? <laughs> there might be soon. We can be like the help app. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. All right. Dee, you had so many nuggets of wisdom. I, I love it. I, I was like, gosh, I wonder which way you'll take this. And what a beautiful way you took this. I, I, love, I love that. Thank you.
1: I'm, I'm always here for you. And, uh, for, for all of you that are listening, just, uh, take, take control of, of what you have right in front of you. You can control you forget about everything else that's happening around the world and just control what you can control. And then once you get that and get your feet on, on the ground, then just figure out where you want to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with you, D where would that be?
1: Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook or I'm not really active on Instagram. Uh, or you can just email me at deep all, right. all
0: right. And if anybody that'll all be in the show notes, and if anybody wants to reach out to me to get Deepak's information, that is no problem either. And uh, thank you, Deepak. This was wonderful. Thank and, you.
1: Uh, it was an honor. Uh,
0: My pleasure. All right. Thanks guys. And stay tuned.